focus, focus up. I'm talking to you, Crystal Ortega. You always make me laugh on LinkedIn. Keep up the great work out there. Welcome to episode 32 of the Rubio Method. My name is Chris Rubio along with Sir Nicholas Monahan. We've got a fantastic show for you today. Today, we are going to be covering finding the right fit for you, losing a close relative, not good, speaking other languages, pregnancy sympathy pains, oh, different, different musical tastes, the 80s, the godfather, the very fine line of how to be a man and how men are the prize, all of that and much, much more on today's episode of The Rubio Method. Christian, I'm out. Focus, focus up. I'm talking to you, Patrick. Even though you're the worst speller of all time, I still respect you and I think you're a great, great guy. Welcome back to episode 32 of the Rubio Method. Monahan, talk to me. What do we got for us today? Yeah, today's an awesome one uh, and a one that is every guy's almost afraid to even venture out to do, and that is to look for a counselor. So today we're going to be talking about what to look for when you're looking for a counselor, right? So someone to talk to, a couple of things you want to take a look at. What do they specialize in, right? Are you having marital issues? Are you a fellow who's just kind of confused about what they want to do in life? Um, a man who's having just any type of struggles, generally speaking, there are counselors for specific, uh, you know, life, um, you know, styles and life uh, seasons. So Go ahead and check that out. Be sure that there's a counselor for you in whatever season of life that you're in. That's really exciting. The second one is, do you want a male or a female counselor? Um, in this day and age, it's always kind of weird to ask, uh, but I always say, you get the opportunity. Hey, I speak better to, to a woman. I'm going to get a woman counselor. I speak better to a man. I'm going to get a male counselor. Uh, it's, it's your choice, whatever you feel the most comfortable with. And then number three, or there's of the four, there's three uh, is you gotta you can choose if you want to be in person or online. So make your choice. You know, hey, I've got a busy schedule. Counseling these days has made been made so easy uh, that they can come to you right in your in your 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 room with your computer. Or if you want to go, you feel comfortable more in person. That's another option. And last but not least, counseling is not cheap. Um, so something that a lot of counselors will offer is a discounted rate if you explain your circumstances. Um, so that's something that people don't always realize is that you do have availability for you if you are in a tougher financial circumstance because counselors are expensive. So that's what to look for in a counselor and just some tips on when you're getting ready to go out there and decided to make that change in your life. That's what will help you out get there. Monahan, those are very good. Let me just recap, just to clarify. The first one is you got to find someone that has a specialty, especially in what you were talking about. So if you're going through a divorce or something like that, you want you don't want someone that's doing something that has to do with uh, loss of a parent. Okay. Number two, male or female. I, I same thing as a massage. Do you want you know a rough hands or do you want like a soft touch? Number three would be on the line or off the line. I'm assuming that became big over the Rona issues. And then fourth. If you give them somewhat of a sob story, they might throw you a little bit of a coupon. That's it. You nailed it. Fantastic. I'm halfway there, daddy. <laughs> on hand, email questions sent into Rubio at the Rubio method.com. You got three of them. Let's hit the first one. All right. This one comes from Taylor in Charleston, South Carolina. I've never been there. That place sounds amazing. 
Uh, Taylor asks, I'm very close to my uncle and he's coming to the end of his life. So do you have any advice on making sure that he is never forgotten? Uh, I'll hop in. I love letters, you know, letters to each other. I, I, I mean, I've got tattoos. I love tattoos. I've recently seen a lot of people have a, a past loved one who signed their name on a letter or love you or, you know, some sort of quote and they'll get that tattooed on them with their handwriting. Um, so that's kind of something. And then as well, when you have that letter, and to me, it feels like you have that tangible piece of that person forever. What about you, Rubio? Those are good ones, Monahan. I never thought about those. You're basically, your body's becoming like a hieroglyphic board at that point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I always say with technology nowadays, it's so great. You, if you, if you have the ability to know, like this person knows that, okay, their uncle's getting close to, you know, it's game over. Maybe start videotaping them, you know, with your phone, getting some voicemails. I saw voicemails from anyone that close to me that's passed in the past like 10 years. And I keep, you know, every once in a while, I'll just listen to them. Or if I have any videos, it's great to just see them. Uh, so that, that's, that would be my recommendation to start videotaping them and just ask them, say, Hey, uncle John, what was it like when you went to high school and just let them talk. And I always think that's a good one. Monahan, what's number two. That's really good, Ruby. I like that. Uh, number two comes from uh, Tim in Boston, Mass. He says, do you guys speak any other languages? Rubio, I don't think I know this. Do you? Uh, I do not. I do not speak any other languages. Every once in a while, I can understand a little Spanglish. I, I took a lot uh, in high school, and uh, but my uh, college language was Uzbekistan or Turkish. That's a whole separate issue. Monhan, I know you speak another language. That as well. I did not know that. And yes, I can sign. So if you're deaf or you know someone who's deaf, I can uh, communicate with them. So yeah, I'm fluent in sign language. It's one of my biggest passions. So yeah, I uh, can sign. Monahan, I have a question about sign language that I was asking actually someone else. And I figured I'm going to ask you on this. Is sign language different in different languages? That's a great question. And yes, it is. There are all kinds of different sign languages. There's American Sign Language, ASL, and then there's British Sign Language, um, where they kind of do things a little differently. They just um, add a, a U in the word color. Yeah, exactly. That's Canadian Sign Language. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's different signs. And then also something to think about, too, is there's a lot of like people that don't have access to sign language. So they create what's called home signs. So like if someone is, you know, like in kind of a remote area, they'll just start making signs up with their family. And that's kind of what they run with. Like that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like um, uh, this is the uh, sign for yes. Um, and then, you know, whatever, like they go like this or whatever. They make up their own sign that the family understands. Learn something new today, Monahan. What, what, that's a good one. What's the last question? Yeah. So this one comes from Wendy in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I love New Mexico. Uh, she says, uh, to keep on the pregnancy theme, we've been getting a ton of pregnancy. I know. Here. I don't know. <laughs> Our followers and fans love it. Um, says, to keep them on the pregnancy theme, did you guys have any sympathy, pregnancy pains, or things like that? I'll hop in that one again. No, I did not. I actually was just like, all right, well, uh, let's just kind of keep it moving. And uh, yeah, Casey was tired a lot, and I'm always tired, so maybe that's it. What do I do? You're so nice. I thought for sure you would have. Um, <laughs> I, I think I did the normal where I, you know, I happened to gain a little bit of pregnancy weight. Oh, I did that. My rule was if, if my wife's pregnant, 
you're doing something that I'm not going to do or can do. You get to do, you want five meals, eat five meals. If you, even if you have one bite of each, I don't care. Then I was like, well, I'm not going to waste this food. So, you know, I might as well eat it. Uh, but I did have one where I swear, you know, pregnancy women obviously have a lot of hormones and they have a lot of emotions. One time we were, why wow, this is so funny. I even make myself laugh on this. We, we were watching, given one of those, just, it wasn't a Hallmark movie because she protests and which that's a whole side issue as well. We're going to need to cover. I remember very specifically, it was that night and a cat commercial came on and it was like this guy lost his cat or the cat came back and it was literally just a cat food commercial. And she looks over me, she goes, are, are you crying? And I go, it's a very emotional journey with this cat right now, man. So I don't know what the hell happened there, but I'll just let you know, I, I had sympathy, emotions, but not pains. Love <laughs> that. There you two go. more segments coming back we've got a great in interview with harvey laguerre laguerre i'm gonna I, I can't i'm gonna close enough all right and then we've got the bottom line christian i'm out What do you think you're doing, Kevin? I uh, was just gonna drive home. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, there are several warning signs present that you shouldn't be driving. Like hearing voices? Like your text to emoji ratio? Oh man, the selfies. <laughs> selfies, nailed it. We all have warning signs that let us know that we're probably not okay to drive. Mine is pretending to be your subconscious. Craig, come on man, let's put a ride home. Focus, focus up. I'm talking to you, Sub 60 Ed, out in Virginia. I think I shouted you out last week, but you're doing such a hell of a job on Decades, another show on NGBN.TV that I wanted to double shout you out. Everyone, welcome back to episode 32 of the Rubio Method. Thanks for sharing it on Spotify, YouTube, Google, Amazon, and of course, the NGBN.TV logo. You guys just heard a great email question segment and of course, the Minute with Monahan. If you have any questions for us, you can email rubio at therubiomethod.com. I'm ready for this. I got a great interview. Love this guy. He's got a great personality. We're gonna have a good time. Let me introduce you to Harvey Laguerre. Did I get it right, Harvey? Laguerre. Close enough. Oh, Laguerre. Okay. Laguerre. See, uh, the accents. I love accents, but I wish I had one. He's a <laughs> podcaster and host of Men Are the Prize. He's a public speaker. He's men's life coach and husband and full-time father. Harvey, welcome to the Rubio Method. Thank you for having me. I've been ready to get on. Let's get to talking, <laughs> bro. Let's do this. Okay. I have three quick hitter questions for you. Number one, mm -hmm. this, this actually shocks me. Do you really hate the Beatles and Elvis? Um, in a word, yes. Okay, um, I, I got. Did you watch the new Elvis movie? Um, no, but I know enough about Mr. Presley you, to you know that. You need to I'll, watch it. You need uh, to watch it. I'm telling you because it, it tells a different side story, and you're, you're going to swear to God, number one, that the actor is the is Elvis. Yeah, Christian's dumbfounded right now. The Beatles, okay. I can see, but watch the Elvis one. I'm telling you, the new movie, it's phenomenal. Okay. I, one question. The reason I'm not a fan of his is this. And tell me if the movie, you know, deals with this issue. A lot of his music is an original. His style, his dance, everything about him honestly is stolen from other artists. Biggest hits. He didn't write his stuff. A lot of his yeah. stuff was, that's my problem. A lot of these artists got big off of the back of black artists, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, can, I can see that. And I get that. And it, that's mm -hmm. one of those things that I is. I like uh, Taylor Swift T Swizzle. Shout out to her because she writes her own 
lyrics and songs. And then it like pisses me off that like Elton John, who's considered one of the greatest, the dude does he writes his words or he writes his music. Christian, you can double he check has, that for me. Yeah, he has a writing partner. Yeah, he like the Lion King part. stuff. It's him, and I forgot the name of the guy. Is he bar- always he has a writing Gordy, partner. Is it? It's no, that's the guy from Motown. Two different. Oh, very good. Great. That's a great. Uh, have you ever seen the Motown play? I've seen that. And yeah, I know, and I know Barry Gordy. I'm a Motown head, so I yeah, that's, that. me, that's yeah. me too. I grew up on it. All right, mm-hmm. so you really do hate the Beatles and the Elvis, but you are going to promise me that you're going to watch the Elvis movie. I will, you know, for you, for yes. you, gotta watch it because you okay. asked. Okay. We uh, Christian is Bernie Taupin, 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 Bernie Taupin. Yeah, is that yeah. the guy? Because he did a lot of the Lion King stuff. I'm not sure if it's Bernie, but he's had a few writing partners in his past. So yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah. Okay. No, number two. I was scanning over your Facebook post and going back and going back and back. You and I have a similar interest. Why were the 80s so great? The best music. Yes. Big hair, big guitar. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You and I are going to be thankful for big hair. No, the 80s. It's, <laughs> come on. It's, it's poison. It's Def Leppard. Pour some sugar on me. It's, I grew up in Long Island. So when you hit the Long Island Expressway, they hand you the Billy Joel greatest hits. I mean, <laughs> this this is just what I grew up on. And eventually I kind of moved out. But it's the land of the one hit wonders of the best movies, the TV shows with the best theme songs, the best sitcoms, all of that. The 80s is its own genre unto itself. By the, the, far the best the, decade for everything. And the thing is with 80s, too, you can put on an 80s song mm-hmm. and you're like 80s. And I can't tell exactly. if it's like the synthesizer, is it the trumpets, is it a sax? I don't know what it is, but I can go, okay, 80s, right away. Or in oh, the definitely. movies, they're so bad that they're good. Like uh-huh. they, you know, There was like a huge genre of like ski movies, like snow skiing, where they are oh, lifeguard it's... movies, and they're just like Ski Patrol. I just watched a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, holy Jesus, is this terrible? But I can't turn it off. It's a car crash, and I love it so much. It's my love. It's my decade. I grew up. The, everything about the 80s was great, and I love it. And I'll talk about that. I, I'm not going to call yeah. you a liar on that one. Mm-hmm. All right. Now now we've got to get to a more somber topic. The mm-hmm. third quick hitter question. <sighs> I'm having trouble with this, and I need your advice. How do I get my wife to watch The Godfather? Dude, she won't I, watch it. Do you know how long it took me to get the mistake I made? She's so hot. That for a second, I didn't have her fill out the application in full. To marry me, there's certain <laughs> films that you would have to see. Godfather is one of them. And apparently, I was blinded by the light. We got married, slipped the ring on her, and, you know, I threw a Godfather reference out and she looked at me. Like, you know, we can still get Leave the guns, take the cannoli. Damn right. Sunday, um, I don't know. Tuesday. <laughs> I don't so, know. So is, you got to get her early. I can you got to catch her on a good day. You got to... To get her to watch The Godfather, I don't know. If I knew your wife better, I'd be able to find a way to weave something in. But okay. some strap her down, get her movie popcorn or something, watch <laughs> with her. The, <laughs> I ate way too much of that while my wife is pregnant. So that's a reference to you know you something you were talking about earlier. But no worries, no worries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Harvey, let's get to the well the the more serious questions. Talk to me about men are the prize. P R I Z E. All right. Men are the Prize is a podcast that I created. It's, in essence, a spinoff of a podcast of the first podcast that I've done, that I did. And it's with my wife, and it's called Love is Black. During, you know, the Rona situation, we were at home, and we always said we were going to do a podcast because we have differing opinions about a lot of things. Me and my wife don't agree on a lot of things. 
So we would have these conversations. It was like, there should be a mic in here. So we had this podcast and we started doing it. Our relationship in the culture, black love, blah, 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 whatever. And I had fun doing it. Eventually, I was like, I need to do something for men. I need to do something that I could listen to or watch by myself or just for me. So I came up with Black Man or the Prize specifically because women are always kind of referenced as the prize. Women are the prize. That's who we're reaching for. That's who we're trying to get. And I'm like, yeah, it's true. But men, we're pretty cool also. Uh, so yeah. I think I think we're the prize also. So I'm like, let me come up. Podcast, men are the prize. I took four of the letters in the word prize, and that's how I do the podcast. Each letter represents a characteristic that I think are good ones for men. P is purpose. What are you here for? What are you going to do? Why? Resilience. What crap have you gone through? How did you survive it? And how did it make you better? Z is zeal. Enthusiastic devotion. What do you love to do? Specifically, what do you love to do that is for you? Not work, not family, not that something else is associated with. What is something that is strictly for you? Something that you would do that at times may make other people unhappy, but you do it for yourself worth, for yourself. And it's, it's okay to be selfish. And, doing it's, it. and it damn right it is. And an E is expectation. Where are you gonna be in five years? What do you expect of yourself? What will you be? How will you get there? All of that just leads to a conversation. I throw these words out and I ask questions and it leads to other things. I can figure out a lot about you by what your purpose is. I can exactly. figure out a lot about I was yeah. just going to say when I, when I was on your show, it was a fantastic episode. I highly recommend everyone checks it out is that you can find out. But even when you were asking me the questions and I did my research, I was like, OK, what's he going to ask me? Let, let me go through this. I found out a lot about myself, like very quickly. I was like, oh, damn, this is a good question. But I didn't even know that I did that. But OK, I guess and, and that's what you're going for. Yep. That's the point. And <clears throat> excuse me. The most important thing is as much as I love hearing stories, anecdotes, you telling me about yourself, the real point of the podcast is to get you to talk. Mm -hmm. Now you're a talker. I know what you do and it's part of your job. You're yelling at people, bend over, blah, 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 whatever. But I need you to talk about you. And as men, that is not something we are. That's not something we usually do. Yeah. We are not usually the subject that we know the most about. If you think about it as dads, fathers, coaches, teachers, friends, we are typically the ones taking care of others. We have a list of people that we take care of. This list, my wife and my kids has the car, the house, the games, the phone, all that stuff. Where are you on your list? Where are you in your hierarchy? So it's a rarity to get a man to sit there and talk about himself strictly. That's what that is. What do you do? Why do you do it? And just say something. The more comfortable men are at speaking, the better they are. Their mental health is better. You recognize your value. You recognize your importance. You see a lot of things. And that's the important part. That's what I want. I want you talking about whatever you've got going on. And then we work from there. Have you always been someone like this that can talk just and just open yourself up? Or did you have a revelation, no. so to speak? No, not at all. Not at all. I grew up in a, I guess, in a 30 second clip of my life at 10, my parents got divorced. They were in a very, very violent, very toxic marriage. After that, I ended up living with my dad. Wasn't the best decision. Pretty much raised myself from 10 on. Closed off, quiet, did all my stuff. When I was 18, after a year failing out of college, I came home, 
nobody wanted to even look at me. I was an embarrassment to the family. I had no self-esteem. I tried to kill myself, didn't work out. I had no one to talk to for a really long time. And I remembered how I felt that year. I have this scar on my wrist that reminds me of, this, of that decision that I almost made. And I remember not having an outlet, not having a person to say, you know, it's going to be okay. Everybody messes up. Yeah, you failed out. You get another chance. I didn't have anybody to talk to, to listen to. And it took me a while to get past that to the point where now I can do it. And it took me meeting my wife and having my kids and then you're know, kind of having life. But I recognized that I wasn't the only person, the only man who felt this way. We all struggle like this and a lot of us don't have a person to talk to. Mm -hmm. So once I was able to open up, the next step was, let me help the other guys who are going through the same thing. And it starts early. You know, I'm 12, 13, I think I can play football. I go out for the team, I don't make it. And I don't have like a mom or a dad who sit there and listen to my sob story about it. So I hold that in. I wanted to date the cheerleader, the best looking girl in the school. She didn't give me a second look and she broke my heart. Okay. I didn't have anybody to talk to about that. So that sits there. All these little disappointments, all these things, all these kind of parts of life. But I don't have anybody to discuss them with. And it just sits there and it builds up. Somebody needs to be there so just to listen. 99% mm -hmm. of the issues we men have are because we don't have somebody to let ourselves go, talk to, talk about what's going on. So I wanted to be, I wanted this podcast to be a space, a safe space for men to say whatever, no judgment, no prizal, no nothing. You going through this stuff and when I can hear another guy talk about his troubles, I'm like, I went through that too. I wasn't by myself. I'm not alone. How did he deal with it? What did he do about it? And the more I hear that, the more I can normalize issues and the more I can normalize talking about them, the better we men are in general for our mental health, for our physical health, for everything about us, for our confidence, self-esteem, value, all of these things so that when we kind of get ourselves back to where we need to be or where we've never been, we recognize that we are the prize. Okay, so I'm listening to this and I, I agree with you a thousand percent. So I'm a guy listening to us right now. Okay. Johnny's in Vermont and he's listening. He's like, I I'm, I'm that way. I'm that way. I'm that way. So Harvey, what advice do you give to Har Johnny? I think I just named him to get out and find someone to talk to because eventually you found your wife, you got, you mm -hmm. struck gold, you hit the home mm -hmm. run. But what right. if this guy, he's like, okay, I I'm not, I'm not dating. I'm not doing this. What advice do you have for that person to find someone to speak to? One of the questions I ask on the pod, and I'm, I'm sure I asked you too, is do you have a person? Do you have like a ride or die right now? Could you, Ruby, will call somebody like, listen, um, I went to, you know, I did something incredibly stupid, really dumb. Do you yeah. have a safe space? Do you have a friend? Not just somebody you know, because we know people. Yeah, but you have somebody. I'm, I'm in jail at two in the morning. I need two grand bailout money. Yeah, and by the way, guy. I'm in Arizona. Be here yeah. in 24 hours, please. And he won't tell you why. Like that guy. Yeah. Do you have? And a lot of men don't. So my first question is, do you have that friend? Because that friend will talk little junk. He'll jab you. He'll make fun of yeah. you, but he'll listen. That's the first step. So I want you to find a friend. If you don't have that friend, then we need to look for a therapist. Then we need to look for a professional. Who can I talk to? Who is it that can understand what I'm going through? It's it's your life. You don't want to make any bad decisions, but to save yourself, you got to put in the time. You got to find somebody who's going to sit on the phone or sit in the room where the couch is and listen to what you have to say. 
if while you're waiting for that, while you're waiting for that person, journal, write, record your voice, talk, express yourself, get it out. Don't let it sit. Just like when we eat badly, we're just building up cholesterol, fat, plaque, and all that stuff builds up. And then guess what? At some point, explosion. It's the same thing with your mental health. When you have all these issues, these struggles, and you don't get them out, whether it's to a person or out in the air, get it out somehow. Meditate, walk, sing. I don't know anything. Listen to 80s music. 80s music is the best thing. That 90s music <laughs> puts you right back in a bad mood. Put yourself in some 80s music and you'll be fine. The more you can release, but you find somebody to talk to, and those and that person can let you know that life is tough. It's difficult. It's a struggle. Sometimes we fumble. We don't always get the ball when we need it. But you'll always have another chance to do it. And there's somebody out here in the world who's waiting for you. I always end my podcast with that. There's somebody who's waiting for you to walk in the room. There's somebody who's ready to hear your voice. You make somebody's day better by your sheer existence. So don't leave us. We need you. So you find a way to make it through today and tomorrow you do it again. One of the key things you said right at the very beginning of that was you need that friend who's going to jab you. He's going to throw some bones at you. He's going to do all this. Do you think I, I, I get in arguments with people about this all the time that is, yes, men need to be men, but men need to be soft, but you need to be hard. It's kind of a weird thing. And I've always said my closest friends and my, the people that I'm close with all go right at them whether I'm disagreeing with them or I'm making fun of them. And it's it's one of those where, do you think it's necessary for guys to have friends, number one, that are have the ability to go at them? And they, you know, like, hey, Harvey, your hair is looking really good today, bud. Or, you know, one of those things. <laughs> right. It's imperative that we don't take ourselves too seriously. Yes. That's the important thing. And there's nothing, no, not, no matter how famous you are, whether, you know, you're Harvey or you're Rubio and you got the, you got the show and you got the producer and all these people loving you and all that stuff. There's gotta be somebody who can ground you. Like your wife say, listen, I don't care what you're doing out there. I don't care what shows you are. Take the garbage out. You know, <laughs> you need to be reminded that you are just a person and family friend, your friends are those people. We need somebody to just remind us where we are, keep yeah. our feet on the ground. And I think it is for guys, but I will say that soft, when it comes to guys, is a subjective term. Yes. Soft can mean a bunch of different things. You're soft, you may not think you are, as oh, hard as you may be. Exactly, and any guy who may think that he's not, but if he's a father, guaranteed he's soft because we can't be hard on the kids all the time. It's there, we have to, you know, you know, accept it, live with it. That's part of us. It, I guess it's the feminine side of us that it's okay to be soft, to be vulnerable at the same time, to be gruff situations dictate what we need to be. But guys, I think definitely because I'm a man, that's what I can speak to as a man. Yes, we should be soft, but um, you know, I have a, I have a 19 year old son. I'll hug him and then I'll give him a little kidney punch. So it's yeah. the same. It's, it's all at the same time. Okay. Speaking about your kids, I would, but one of my questions was you, you're a very involved dad. You're basically, you're a stay at home dad. I think of four kids, three girls, one boy. Yes, sir. Okay? And ages are ranging from what to what? Oldest is 19 year old son. Then okay. I have a 17 year old daughter, a 13 year old daughter and an eight year old daughter. Good God. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot. 
my question was, were you raised by this great fatherly figure that showed you what to do, but you already answered that. So how are you doing this? How, Cause I, I was the same way. My parents got divorced when I was nine months old. My dad was in and out of the picture completely out. And so I'm kind of, my thought always is I'm going to do exactly what I didn't see done and kind of hope that works out. Is that what you're doing? I am lit and sadly, it, I mean, it's what I am. It's what I do, but it makes me sad when I kind of think about it. I yes. do the opposite of what I saw because of how what I saw affected me. Mm -hmm. And I can say I do. It's it's my ideology. It's my mantra with my kids. But as humans, we try our best to not be our parents, to not be our dad, in your case, be your mom, whatever male figures are around you. But we slip into patterns. But for me, the way my dad wouldn't talk to me or wouldn't listen to me is the way that I purposely create conversation with my kids so that we can talk. I will purposely, I feel like I'm probably the Rubio in their lives because I will start a conversation <laughs> and disagree with them just so they can talk about stuff. Yeah, I, I do that. I want my kids to be able to communicate. They should be able to speak their minds. And one thing I heard that I, th that I really picked up as a parent is that as an African-American, as a black, I'm, we're Haitian. We don't like our kids talking back. We don't like them being disrespectful, something like that. But a really good parent almost wants that from their kids. I want my kid to be comfortable enough to express their opinion, to be able to say it, even if to me it comes off disrespectful because they're comfortable, you know, defending themselves, making a point. Learn how to And that's okay. So yeah, make a debate, say what you gotta say. You could be wrong, you could be right. Sometimes in a debate, it's not about being right or wrong. It's about me understanding your point in general. Yeah, so if my kids right are way. able to express it. That means when they leave the house, if they can do it with me, they can do it with some other bum on the street or some other person they work with or some person that they so any other conflict they deal with. So, yeah, I, you know, I like to let my kids talk. I'm there because I'm here. I had a father who was in the house, but he wasn't present. And there's a difference. I, you can oh, live I, I with agree. me, but you're not with me. And I live here and I'm with them. My wife works and makes all the money. I am here with the kids. I pick them up, take them to school, make them dinner, yell at them when they're on the phone too long, yell at them when they listen to the wrong music, yell at them when they're not listening to enough 80s music, all <laughs> the stuff that I have to. That's me. And I'm in their lives. I'm a, a huge part of their life. So that's what every kid should have a parent like that. And in some cases, too. But my wife mm -hmm. works a lot. So I just do what I can to be present for my kids, especially my three daughters, because they need to see a man. They need to see a good male figure so they know what to expect when they go into the world. And that's just what I do. And, the, and all four will be extremely thankful for you over time. And, and, and if, if you're going through the teenage years right now, then they, they may not express oh, it, Jesus. but it, 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 it comes oh. around. It comes around. Yeah, Trust I me, I know. So. Um, Harvey, this was phenomenal. We, we've been talking for 25 minutes. It feels like two. And I, mm -hmm. I'm getting Christian yelling at me because we're four minutes over. I have so many more things I want to talk to you about, but I'm definitely going to have you back on the show. Where can people find more about Harvey Laguerre and <laughs> Men Are the Prides? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, to find me, Harvey Laguerre, first That's and foremost, awesome. I'll make it easy for you. I have a website. It is harveylaguerre.com. Lucky for you, you don't have to pronounce it right to find it. Yeah. All you have to do is type it in. It is Harvey, H-A-R-V-E-Y-L-A-G-U-E-R-R-E.com. That site has my all my episodes of the podcast. You can watch or you can listen. I I'm going to start blogging more, have my blog stuff, all my social media is there. So if you want to see what I do, you can follow me there. The podcast is where you can 
hear all the conversations, all what I think about being a man, how we can be better as men, as fathers, as role models, as anything. Besides that, I'm an 80s kid. I love just random stuff. I do other podcasts. We do. I do a weekly podcast where we just rank stuff and we talk about all kinds of issues. I have the podcast with my wife where we talk about the relationship. But hit my website. You'll find me there. And we can talk about anything. When I come back, Rubio, I will come back. But I'm going to need a good four or five minutes of proper discussion about 80s music. I will need that on the contract to come back. Otherwise, I'm, un, I'm, not, I'm not free that day. So just keep that in mind. And if we go that, we're going to do like, uh, I'm talking one hit wonders. I'm talking Ooh. like Electric Avenue. I'm talking Courage oh, Drink, Green. I'm oh. talking all of them. I want all the drama. Oh. I want it all. One question. What's the best 80s movie right now? Gun to your head. One movie to watch, 80s. Oh, God. Um, uh, I want to say The Goonies. I mean, that's such a good movie. It's a damn good movie. Stand I'm with by you. me. I mean, Stand don't pigeonhole me. me here. I, I just saw License the Drive with like the Corey Heldman fame. She, I mean, they're just so bad and so good. You like were doing well until she, you she were looks like she's 15 years old and she's getting into clubs and this guy's driving a 45 foot Cadillac from his grandpa. And it just so happens to work out that he can go reverse all the way to the hospital where the parents don't even know the cars crashed. They're just so good, but so Ferris, bad. That's good. Ferris Bueller is a great one too, by the way. Oh. So I'll say that for me, I like random movies. There's two for me. One is the legend of Billie Jean which oh, is one bro. of my favorite movies. Uh, Phenomenal. Fair is fair. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> love that movie. Love so that bad. movie. Great so soundtrack. Good. Love it. The other, and you mentioned Barry Gordy, so we're going to slip in. The other one is a movie called Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. The Last Dragon is an absolutely wonderful film. It's so bad, it's good. I'm writing it down. Watch that. The soundtrack's amazing. It's awesome. Fantastic, Harvey. If I have to watch Elvis, you have to watch the last. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it today, man. I I promise you, got to watch Elvis though. (laughs) Harvey, this has been great, (laughs) great. Really appreciate you coming on. Remember, ever check everyone, check out Harvey Laguerre and Men (laughs) Are the Prize. Christian, I'm out. What do you think you're doing, Kevin? I was just gonna drive home. Uh, uh, Ah, there are several warning signs present that you shouldn't be driving. Like hearing voices? Like your text to emoji ratio? Oh man, the selfies. (laughs) Selfies, nailed it. We all have warning signs that let us know that we're probably not okay to drive. Mine is pretending to be your subconscious. Craig, come on man, let's put a ride home. Focus, focus up. I'm talking to you, Perez, out in Tennessee. Keep up the good fight, my man. Welcome back to episode 32 of the Rubio Method. You just saw a great interview with Harvey Laguerre. I think I got it that time. Thanks for sharing on LinkedIn, YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, Google, and of course the NGBN.TV network. If you have any questions for Monahan, myself, or Harvey Laguerre, you can email Rubio at therubiomethod.com. Right now we've got our final segment. It is called The Bottom Line. The Bottom Line is all the stuff you should have learned without even realizing you learned it. Here we go. Number one. Take your time and choose wisely. Remember Monahan's four things that he had for the minute with Monahan: how to choose a counselor, make sure they specialize in what you're doing, 
make sure you get somewhat of a discounted rate, male or female. Do you want it to be on the line or off the line? So that's a big one. Number one, take your time and choose wisely. Number two, document as much as you can to share as much as you can. This goes back to the email question we had about losing a close relative. Right now, you everyone has relatives that you know are getting a little bit closer to the next time, the next their, their next stop, we'll say, in life or the afterlife. Start documenting. Take some pictures. Take some videos. Ask them some questions. What was it like when you met grandma? What was it like when you met grandpa? What's your favorite food? Try to get those recipes. I know my wife always is still mad because her grandmother was the best pie maker of all time, but she would never document how she did. Oh, you just do a little pinch of that, a spoonful of this, a cup of that, or whatever, and she doesn't know how to make this pie. That was supposedly the greatest apple pie in the history of man. Number three, Make connections with a man and keep making them over and over and over again. Just like Harvey Legid was saying, go out, make connections with someone, learn how to speak. It's okay to be vulnerable. You got to be hard, but you also got to be soft. Make connections with men and keep making them more friends, the better. And if your friends are a little bit rude to you, it's okay. That just means that they love you. That was a great episode. I knew it would be good and it was even better than I thought. Till next time, Christian, I'm out.